Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fox Trek. I am your host, Matt Brady, joined by my brother, Nick, today as we talk our top 10 favorite games from Sega. Nick, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Good, good. Yeah, Nick and I both grew up Sega Genesis guys. Had that Sega Genesis, had a Sega Dreamcast. Are they the greatest video game consoles ever made? Probably. You know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't Sega think... does what Nintendo don't. Absolutely, they do. So, we have got a list of our top 10 favorite games from Sega. It can be on any system, uh, it can be from when they were had their own consoles, or can be from now that they've turned into a third party publisher. Um, so just a quick way rundown of the way this works, we'll each kind of go. Um, and if one of us has the game higher on the list, we will wait for that other person to get there so that we can kind of talk about it and talk about why it's higher on your list or whatever. Um, so I will go first, Nick, kind of show you the ropes here. So coming in at my number 10 is a game for the Sega Genesis, um, a franchise, by the way, man, that really... They haven't seen anything in a good little while, but Nintendo um, was had a handful of great ninja games for the NES in Ninja Gaiden, right? Well, Sega kind of had their own franchise. Now, it's n- certainly has it never got, I, I would say, as big as Ninja Gaiden, but I think that it certainly deserves a place in the best sort of ninja games. And um, this one actually probably isn't what is considered to be the best in its own series. That's probably the third entry, um, or at least the game that is titled number three there's a handful of them so really the the placement of it um but i'm going specifically with revenge of shinobi so revenge of shinobi is just it's it's a lot slower paced than shinobi three but it actually if you when you pull up gameplay footage of it and you're looking at this game you're thinking like I mean, it looks like it probably came out in 1992, 1993, more towards like the middle of the Genesis life, but it actually came out earlier. So this is an early game in the Genesis lifespan, and it just shows it's just a great action platformer. You get a ton of special abilities that you can use. It has kind of fun, quirky bosses, uh, and there's certain there's moments where you think. You will have to use like a special power, um, which you get throughout the stages. You can like blow yourself up to do a ton of damage. You can get a lightning shield. You can get this ability, which gives you a super jump. Um, and you can sort of use these abilities throughout the different throughout the stages and kind of find like little secret items and things like that. Uh, I think it is well balanced in terms of the gameplay. Um, the difficulty curve, I think, is done very well in that it's it, towards the end, it gets pretty hard. But I think that it's done in a way that works really well. Like you have learned as you've gotten towards the uh, as you've gotten towards the end. Um, there's definitely some cool uh, sprites that are going on. There's a little bit of trivia with this game in that uh, depending on which version you have, some of the enemies you some of the bosses you end up fighting are like Spider Man and Batman and the Terminator and the Hulk. Um, and then you fight basically like a Godzilla type thing towards the way end of the game. Um, and then I guess there was some sort of licensing deal where that stuff got turned off. So there's like, there's like literally like, like 20 different versions, uh, of this game, although the cartridge looks the same. So you may find slightly different boss variants in it, but the whole Shinobi franchise itself is really, really good. The third game, Shinobi three, um, 
There's also Shadow Dancer, which is a Shinobi game, but that one's kind of different. You have this cool dog uh, that runs around with you. Uh, then there was one for the 3DS, and then there's one, there's two for the PlayStation 2. Um, there's a Shinobi game, and I'm blanking on sort of its sequel, even though it was really more so, more so, so uh, kind of like a redid version where you play as this female character that's in the game. I'm, blanking on it right now but yeah revenge of the shinobi nick i know you and i both played this a lot back on the sega genesis play the crap out of it yeah you're and it definitely gets harder <laughs> yeah I, I honestly i don't think i ever beat it but i don't think i ever beat it either the difficulty just ramps up as you get as you uh as you get towards the end yeah great soundtrack and uh i think pretty good backgrounds too i remember the first stage you're sort of walking through this ninja hideout uh and as you go it gets darker and darker so it kind of goes from like um you know daylight sort of into uh night and you get like a cool sunset and stuff like that so yeah pretty cool so uh all right nick what do you have at your number 10 at number 10, I have Sonic and Knuckles, which Sonic and Knuckles is probably higher on your list, but yes. if you have it. It is, yeah. it, it, is, it is a bit higher on my list, uh, so we might hold off um, on that one. So how about your number nine? What do you have at number nine? My number nine, I have House of the Dead. Okay, I do which not have House out. of the Dead on my, on my list, so I will let you introduce it. All right. House of the Dead came out on the Sega Dreamcast, and it was a first-person rail shooter where you're playing as the Agent G, and you're fighting off hordes of undead zombies. And they made, oh, they made four, four or five games in the series, and it's, I mean, it's classic light gun shooter. It's it's great. You move through the levels. There's multiple paths you can take. There's different bosses you can take. After you beat the game, you unlock different modes. You can replay it. There's the boss mode, the time attack mode. And there's also Typing of the Dead, which is just a hilarious game that was made as a parody where you shoot zombies by typing. But yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yes, there is. Yeah, Typing of the Dead. And then later they did House of the Dead Overkill. Um, which I had for the Wii, which is kind of cool because you can use the Wii as like a as like a light gun. Um, and then I have on Steam House of the House of the Dead over or Typing of the Dead Overkill. Um, and actually, I believe that House of the Dead is either getting a remaster or a port or something to the Switch. I just kind of saw that, but um, yeah, I think you know when we now remember we had this game, and I remember you played it a lot more than I did on the Dreamcast, but I don't think we didn't have a light gun, did we? So you were even you were no. even getting through the game with the controller. Yeah, it, it was rough playing with a controller, but yeah, we we did not have a light gun. So you had to get real good with that analog stick. The single analog stick that the Dreamcast had. But it but it obviously played well enough that you could get through it. It did, yeah. Yeah, you once you picked it up, man, I mean you were you were good. But it was yeah. definitely easier and more enjoyable with a light gun. Yeah, and that's it's definitely also one of those games. And this is you'll find this a lot with Sega. Um, is a lot of their a lot of their the games I think that Sega has always done best are sort of those faster arcade style games. Because um, that game is that game is one of the best arcade games you can play in an actual arcade. Um, you know those sort of light gun games where you just you know pulling the the people you know they, how they hold the gun right and then they're kind of just like. Uh, using their fingers as fast as possible to pull triggers and just like quickly going up and down so you just fire as many bullets as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, uh, at number nine, um, I have Space Harrier. Do you, do you have that on your list? I do not. Okay. All right. So Space Harrier, um, created by Yu Suzuki. Uh, he is the guy who also created most of Sega's sort of big mega hit arcade games um, like OutRun and uh, Space Harrier, obviously, is what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Super Hang On, the motorcycle game, and later went on to develop Shenmue, which I think we will both be talking about at some point. Um, but, yes, yeah, Space Harrier is that... 
I guess I guess technically it is kind of a rail shooter in a way. Um, it, it's similar to Afterburner, similar to Star Fox, right? Where you have that behind the, um, you know, behind the character or in in ship in in terms of some of the uh, space harrier and or in terms of out. In terms of Star Fox and Afterburner, you're behind the ship, um, but here you're behind uh, the main character, and you're just flying through, and it's it's a pretty straightforward, uh, com you know, pretty straightforward combat, pretty straightforward gameplay. Uh, you're just flying through these sort of futuristic alien worlds, blasting anything and everything that comes in your way, and uh, it's all done through sprite scaling, um, which is where you know, the, the basically you're sort of manipulating things to make it look like it's 3D because the sprites just get bigger as they get closer to the screen um, to make and you're moving very, very fast. But it has one of the best soundtracks I've ever listened to. It's one of my favorite video game songs, even though it's literally just sort of one song in Space Harrier. Uh, but it's just always it's just great. Every time I every time I play it, it's my go to. Uh, in Shenmue, you can actually unlock Space Harrier. I have the Sega Ages version on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, they're doing a lot of really cool porting of their games to the Nintendo Switch. Um, and you get a cool you get some other cool little features. But yeah, I have the Sega Ages version of it on my Switch. I absolutely love it. Um, Space Harrier is a game I find myself going back to time and time and time again. Yeah, I played a lot of Space Harrier in Shenmue, oddly enough. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you could, I think, right. I mean, would you agree that it's that, that sort of start? It's like, it's similar to Star Fox in a way. Yeah, it it is. It definitely is. You got the, you know, you're behind the character, you're running. It feels very, even the projectiles have that kind of Star Fox feel to them. And yeah. the bombs. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, Nick. Um, so I guess we did your number nine. We did my number nine. We're now going back to you here at number eight. I have Valkyria Chronicles at number eight. Okay. Do you have that on I, your list? No, I do not have that on my list. Sadly, I have not played this franchise, although I really wanted to. Oh, and man. I know. And now that I've gotten into you know, tactical sort of RPGs, just something I haven't in the history in my sort of gaming history, I've gotten into a little bit here. Uh, but having played Fire Emblem, I'm like, I really, really liked Fire Emblem Three Houses, where it's that more sort of 3D um thing uh just like bigger characters stuff like that so i think that that might be well i'll let you kind of describe it and then i guess i'll sort of add, add a question to you i mean do you think i would like it having played fire emblem three houses oh you would absolutely love valkyria chronicles it's actually that's it's like fire emblem with guns right it's it's squad based it's permadeath all the characters are unique you have to kind of select and grow your team as you go along and it's oh it's got a really great art and a really good story mode and the story mode is actually it's a little weird because it's like playing a book because you have a book and it has different chapters and the different chapters are your different locations almost because you have your base page and then you have like your missions page where you and then your armory where you grow and develop your your weapons and your soldiers and there's a lot of different tabs to go through and missions to unlock and it's it's got a lot of replay playability so it's what a, got a what fantastic a... art style too what all games? How many games are in the franchise? Because I think originally was this was on like PlayStation Two, I want to say, or maybe even PSP. And I know it's been ported a handful of times. Yeah, the um, two of them. There's four games in the series, and two of them are only on PlayStation Portable. Valkyria Chronicles Three never released outside of Japan, but uh, two is only on the PSP and then one got a remaster for the PS three. It's also on PC. I think it's and four switch is pretty new too. or no four is definitely on switch. Yeah. Yeah. So should I, yeah, four is, is it, on switch. so is it okay to start with four or should I just go back to the remaster? I would play the first cause the first one's great. I mean, the first one is definitely an experience you need to have. 
Yeah, it's, and it's got a fantastic story, and you won't understand the whole war storyline without playing the first one. Yeah, and so it it's like it's kind of like a is it is it just a war or I thought I almost thought it was maybe like World War Two or something. It's it's almost reminiscent of World War Two. Yeah, it's it's like an alternate uh, universe version of World War Two. But it's it's, it's you've thing. got like the Axis and you know. And they're fighting over resources, and this independent nation gets dragged into the middle of it. It's like World War II, but you're Switzerland. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah, in a fantasy setting. Yeah, and the art style. The art style is one I've always really liked. It's that sort of cell shaded, but it almost feels like it almost feels like a comic, kind of like a in in its own way, like storybook. Um, like because there's some games are cell shaded, but it almost has that. It's uh because it looks like it's got a little bit of like a um sepia tone to it right that sort of like yeah orange-ish, yeah the uh the combat system's actually really cool in that game too because a lot of turn-based games are you just kind of move and then you know once you're within a, a square or two you attack in that game if you can see your enemy you can shoot them so there's kind of it adds like a tactical depth because you have to like approach you know you want to stick behind cover because you don't want to be out and exposed because they can see you. And so you have to keep that in mind when you're moving. So instead of squares, you have a uh, like endurance meter. And then okay. you run until your meter runs out, and then you're forced to stop. Okay, so and then you take does, it happen in, does it happen in kind of, it's kind of like turn-based, but then it happens in real time a little bit? Almost, yeah, yeah. It's turn-based, but you have like a uh, like a time meter during your turn. So it's like a timed turn. Almost. Okay. And then once you uh once you're out of action points, then you're stopped. And once from there, then you can attack or use an item or Okay. So for someone who has played Fire Emblem Three Houses, that's really the most modern sort of turn based game I have, because I think you and I both have another sort of old one back. Uh that that I think will be coming up at, at some point. Um but <laughs> yeah. in 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 terms of a more modern one, so I've I've really only played Fire Emblem Three Houses. Excuse me. Um, you think I would? So you think I'd probably like it if I liked that game? Yes, I I would say that you would. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Okay. Well, Valkyria Chronicles. I th- and I think it's on Steam as well, right? I think. Um, yeah, I have it on Steam. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, all right. Well, let's move over to my number eight, which I'm pretty sure you have on your list. Uh, although you may have the second game. Um, I have at number eight Sonic Adventure. Uh, it's why well, have the higher. second one? You don't I have, have the second. You, you on don't my have list. the first one. I do not have the first one on my list. All right. Well, there we go. We're going to talk about the first one. So we will we'll hold off on talking about the second one when it, when it pops up on your list. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I've always been a little more partial to Sonic Adventure 1 than Sonic Adventure 2. Um, and I think it's just because I kind of like... Uh, I kind of like a little bit more of the sort of open worldness of it, just a little bit. You kind of get the stages you can kind of run around in. Um, I've always loved Emerald Coast, the sort of opening stage, uh, just because playing the Dreamcast for the first time, going from like the PlayStation 1 and N64 to the Dreamcast was just like, wow. It was just such a big leap forward to go from like PS1 graphics to Dreamcast graphics. Um you know, going from like PS4 to PS5 is cool, but it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same to go from like PS1 to Dreamcast, to like PS2 era. Totally different because it's just so much bigger of a jump. And just playing Sonic Adventure 1, I was like, oh my God, you get a pick between the different characters. You get to do all this stuff. It has the Chow Garden. It's nowhere close to being as good as the Chow Garden in Sonic Adventure 2. Um, and we'll obviously get to that. I mean, that's half the reason people play that game. But I think I just always liked that I had the freedom to pick the characters I wanted. Um, rather than in Sonic Adventure 2, when you play through the story, you like have to go through like the good guys. And I was like, I just want to play the Sonic stages. Or the shadow stages. Shadow wasn't in Sonic Adventure, but um, and so I had the ability to kind of go back and forth and and do that. And it was really the first game to play on the Dreamcast, and so there's just so much of it. Um, and that's why I always think I lean towards Sonic Adventure more than I lead towards Sonic Adventure Two. 
and don't forget, you get to play as big as the cat. Absolutely, I mean. <laughs> you do, and do some fishing. Not as cool as Sega bass fishing, which came out at the same time. I don't think either of us have that on our list, but it is a great game. Um, but yeah, and then there's the DX version, um, which came out on GameCube. It's also the version that kind of goes to PC. Um, quite often there's Sonic Adventure. Um, now some people actually have some complaints about that version. Um, it's in widescreen, but I guess the, but the character models are changed and there's so, some people actually say that the Dreamcast version is the definitive version, uh, of, of, of the game to play. But I think they're both really, I think they're both pretty cool. Um, and I just liked it. There's like the casino stage, which I found fun. Emerald coast, obviously, um, and then you get to fight chaos at the end. You get to go supersonic. I think it's I think it's cool. You get the um, egg fortress zone where you have to um, fly in the fly in tail's ship and like you know board his egg carrier. I should say uh, board his ship there and figure it all out. And this was cool. I loved it. it get, Sonic was voice acted for the first time. CD music's uh, soundtrack. It was great. So I, I, I think I always just lean towards Sonic Adventure over Sonic Adventure Two. I could see that. Yeah, because I mean, Sonic Adventure One is definitely unique. The way you play through with all the different characters and all their levels are they feel unique too to the different characters. It's not, it's not like just a reskin because you do get some of that in Sonic Adventure Two, where right, you know, playing a Shadow level feels exactly the same as playing the same level as Sonic. Right. Whereas in Sonic Adventure One, like the Tails levels are to- completely different than playing in the Sonic levels. Right. 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 So, uh, okay, Nick. So, what uh, did you did you already give your number eight? Yes, you did. Yep. Yes. That. So now we're on to your number seven. Uh, my number seven is actually a little bit higher up than it would have been before I got the Sega Genesis Classic, and it is Gunstar Heroes. Okay, and I, Gunstar I, I... Heroes is higher on my list specifically because of the co-op feature. And me and my son have been playing a lot of Sega Genesis Classic, and it is fantastic to have that game on there to play co-op. He loves it, and I love it, and it's fun playing with him. Yeah, it made is by... made yeah. by Sega. Uh, yeah, well, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a Sega franchise, um, but really the people who developed it uh, is Treasure, and Treasure is that Treasure is that uh sort of they're that developer that just everybody absolutely loves they make just hardcore games i think they made ikaruga the sort of um spaceship shooter that's oh like, yeah yeah brutally hard they made uh blanking on the name of it but they actually they made a, a really cool game for the n64 um yeah they're just they're a developer that everyone's like oh treasure makes quality quality games yeah, I mean, Gunstar Heroes is it, it, it's a classic. I had I think I had it as my third best. I think it's like the third best game on the uh, Sega Genesis when I did a Sega Genesis top ten and a top one hundred list. Both of on both of which are on uh, my U- my YouTube channel, uh, Super Gains Bros, which you can find everything there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like con. It's kind of like you know Contra. I would say. Uh, in a way, I think I think I think the ability to kind of choose the different guns, you can choose which stage you want to go to. It's crazy fast action. Uh, I mean, it yeah, is, it is. Same it's bla- it's blast. Yeah, it's blast processing uh, at its finest. I always liked in Gunstar Heroes that you could combine the different power ups and they would they'd be completely different power ups. If you combine too. like you could get like the homing and the laser and then you could have the laser that would like follow them around and then the flamethrower. And it was neat how you could combine them and get different power-ups by having the two different ones. Or you get like a super version if you had two of the same. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so though on to my number seven. Uh this is a game I don't think you've actually played. Um, but I played it, and they remastered it sort of recently. It is another Sega game that is a gun game that's just absolutely crazy, uh, and that is Vanquish. Now, Vanquish is one of the it is one of the prettiest 
it was an Xbox 360 game I ever played. I mean, just the graphics in this game were kind of mind-boggling to me because it just seemed sort of next-gen at the time. Um, it is just, you're you're this sort of guy, uh, you have this super cool suit, you can like, um, you know, it's that sort of third-person shooter, cover-based shooter, which was certainly the name of the game for the Xbox 360 PS3 era following Gears of War. Pretty much everything said we're going to go with that. Um, but the, one of the cool advantages was the suit you had you could kind of give you superpowers. You could like run and slide and then I think there was a sort of there was like some bullet time you could do um, and just like big huge robots that you're fighting against and they're really all sort of bullet sponges so it's really just kind of like you're just hammering things with bullets and bullets um and it's just a ton a total ton of fun the story is like super over the top super ridiculous um and in sort of this like futuristic society um where everybody's you know at war and all and all this stuff's going on um i highly recommend getting it on pc if you can so you can play it and like really you know all of its, all of its, all of its glory. But even if you get it for like the Xbox 360, PS3, and I think it even got a Switch port, um, so it's probably gotten a PS4 port and stuff like that. Um, I would totally t- recommend checking it out there as well. But um, I, I, I know I played through it, Nick. Um, but I don't. I, I was trying to remember because I, I remember I bought it, and I think you might have picked it up a little bit. I never played it. It always looked super cool. I watched you play it a few times, but I never. Never got into it, but I kind of wanted to, but I never did. Yeah, we we definitely had the physical copy, and I think we still do. <laughs> yeah, abs, abs, absolutely. So yeah, if you get your hands, if you can get your hands on, yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's Sega, and it was made by Platinum. Um, and so Platinum Games, they make like Bayonetta. You know, they Platinum Games is known as making those like super hard crazy super action sort of sort of games so uh okay nick so i think we're under i think we're on to your number six my number six uh it might be on your list or one of the games probably is streets of rage 4 is what i have for my number six yes i do not have streets of rage 4 on my list okay streets of rage 4 is a new is the newest game in the series it's actually it came out did it come out last year? I know mm-hmm. it's it's really relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um it is part of the Streets of Rage franchise. It's a side scroller beat 'em up and it's it's great. It's co-op, it's hard, it's it's fun, it's rewarding. The uh, art style is really cool, the soundtrack's phenomenal. The best part is you can unlock all the other characters from all the other games and that adds to the replayability and I mean it's just a classic. It's a modern classic. You know, mm. it's got it's got that old school feel with the new school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, no, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's absolutely freaking amazing. Um, it's gorgeous. The graphics are absolutely gorgeous. It plays just like the old games. You can unlock the old characters uh, from Streets of Rage one, two, and three, and they play. They have different play styles. Um, they play like they did in their in their respective games, so that kind of gives you different things. There's there's actually just some DLC released. You can choose between the soundtracks, like if you want to listen to like newer soundtracks, or you can listen to the old Streets of Rage soundtracks. I mean, considering this was a game that fans were literally clamoring clamoring for for like twenty years, it's hundred percent worth it. Um, I bought it the day it came out, and I played it for like two weeks straight, just hard, hard core. Um, and it's great. It's great to see this this sort of thing. It was actually, um, uh, it was developed by Dot Emu uh, is is sort of the name, and then it was also published by them. But it is Sega owns the franchise Streets of Rage, and I hope we see more of it. I hope we see more of this stuff where where developers are going to say hey if you guys want to you know hey here's people will say we want to develop a game and continue this series and the publishers just say okay so sega's actually been really sort of good about that recently there's actually an interview um or something it's just a little snippet released a few days ago that said where sega said we're totally fine if you guys want to make uh fan games 
I said, go right ahead. We just don't, we, you just don't, as long as people aren't making money off of them, we're not really going to step in and, and stop them. But they said, kind of have at it. So I would say that's just another reason that Sega is better than Nintendo because Nintendo will absolutely they, shut down <laughs> whether or not they make money. Right. They will shut that down. Okay, um, so on to my number six. Is that correct? That, yeah, that was your number six. So on to yeah. my number six is arguably the second best football game ever made. Um, number one's probably Tecmo Super Bowl. I mean, you might go back and forth on that, but uh, that is ESPN NFL 2K5. Um, it is still pretty much considered to be the industry standard. And there are still so many things about this game that are, and this game came out literally over 10 years ago. And it is insane to think that Madden has still yet to really beat this game in a lot of people's minds. The 2K franchise started on the Dreamcast, um, NFL 2K, um, absolutely amazing. And then it just got better and better and better all the way to 2K5. Um, then that sort of, 2k sports thing kind of shifted and changed and then uh you know it wasn't really sega doing those games anymore but um this one was and the best thing was when sega made these games they were 20 bucks brand new it was crazy when like madden cost 60 bucks i could go to the store and get this for 20 and it's way better uh so absolutely awesome there's just so many it's just the presentation um i think having really the espn license was something about this game that made it just so good because the current one while it'll have announcers and stuff it's just kind of generic whereas this literally felt like espn and so it made it just feel more like football um it's still the controls and everything are still um, phenomenal today um it just it's just so such a different game than Madden, and I would encourage any football fan to go check it out. You had the crib mode, uh, so you would like unlock things by doing sort of challenges in the game, um, try to beat people's like personal records and stuff. You get trophies, um, and you could sort of design this crib however you wanted. Like you could, you could deck it out with all of your team stuff. You could get jerseys, just all this stuff. So much fun, so great. I still actually play it to this day. As like as I'm like no I'm gonna go play ESPN NFL 2K5 I mean and and it's that old but it's just literally that much better than Madden still <laughs> I mean we have games on the PlayStation 5 and a game on the original Xbox which is where I mostly played it but it was also available on PlayStation although the Xbox version is better than the PlayStation version um, just because it has it just uh, Xbox just had more horsepower. Uh, you could install stuff and um, like you could use your you could use music from that's loaded onto the Xbox itself to use as like touchdown music. So awesome. It was so cool. Uh, and I highly, highly encourage people to if you are a football fan, play that version. I mean, you also got to play against the celebrity teams. Yes, you did. Uh. Carmen Electra, Steve-O. Yeah, Carmen I Electra. I was trying to think of her name. I can't remember who the other ones were, but I know for sure those two were on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there they, they were several celebrity teams. And uh, the Chris Berman Halftime Report. It was freaking great. It was great. Chris Berman Halftime Report. Yeah, and then and then uh, the crib. Updating the crib was what really what made it. What made what made it absolutely a ton of fun. So yeah, check out ESPN two K five. Um okay, Nick, you're number five. All right, my number five is Sonic Mania, which is almost my favorite Sonic game. It's I love it so much. It is the new it's one of the newest Sonic games and it plays it's got the side scrolling and it plays just like the old ones. There's multiple different modes you can play through. They have competitive modes. They have co-op. It's the and it's it's just great. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got great levels. It's got some of the classic levels worked into it. I mean, you got to go through new and old levels, get all the chaos emeralds, fight Doctor Robotnik, fight Metal Sonic. I mean, it's it's great, and it's on the Switch, which the Switch is best way to play it. Unless you're playing it on PC and you want to port it or you want to mod it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, Sonic Mania didn't make my list. And actually, at my number five, I have, I would say, sort of the opposite of Sonic Mania. So I think I might go ahead and say mine. I, ho- I hope you don't have it higher up because I think that it's, if you're going to talk about one, you should actually talk about both. So this works out really Generations. Well. I have Sonic Generations. Do you have Sonic Generations yeah. on your list? I don't. I like Sonic Generations, but I like Sonic Mania better. I like the 2D art style the, over the 3D. The sprite art style. Yeah. And I think I think for me, I uh, I prefer, and I love Mania, and Mania almost made my list, but I was like, well, I don't know. I'm going to have Sonic Generations, all this other stuff. So, um, so yeah, I think one of the reasons I prefer Generations to Mania is I think I like the ability to go do the 2D and the 3D. Um, even though I like, I am with you. I do love that that Mania is a is a love letter to the old games like Sonic Two, Sonic Three, and Knuckles. All of that stuff. Um, the controls are literally spot on, absolutely perfect. I've often seen it described as um, if there had been a two D Sonic game on the Sega Saturn, like what it would look like, where there's just more horsepower than the Genesis, um, with like CD music like mp3 music quality um and i thought that's always been a really really good analysis of sonic mania um and i i'm with you i i I love it but i guess for me i prefer sonic generations a little bit more and this is why i have it at my number five um just i remember playing it for the first time and i uh and and going through all of the stages and go and then you get the the classic music and the modern music you play as like 2d sonic then you go to 3d um and i just thought it was so cool to just replay all of those things kind of relive this relive all of those games um so when i got to mania i loved it but it was like i kind of had already done this a little bit in sonic generations um and then I like in Sonic Generations that you can like pick the music to the stage that you want. So um, I think they're both amazing games. Uh, I think I just kind of lean towards Generations. Yeah, I can see that. I I just gotta stick with Mania. I like, and I, and also another cool thing that Mania did was the um I, I think it was called Mania Mode. I can't remember specifically, but they tweaked all the levels so you had like four levels for each each stage instead of two yeah because they had they had encore mode that's what it was called yeah because yeah, you have you have to beat the game again yeah but you've played sonic generations when you've played yes i've played sonic generations and i've played i haven't beat it but i played through like 90 percent of it yeah okay um all right so now that we're getting down to our bottom four here we're probably likely going to have a lot of the a lot of the same games at the same slot so what do you have at your number four it was really hard not to put this in number one but i have shining force at number four that is exactly what i have at number four so this works out perfect so I, go ahead I will let oh, you, i'll let man. you i'll let you yeah bring it up Shining Force is one of, if not the best, turn-based RPG ever made. You are the forces of light defeating the evil forces of Runefast, and you have to go around and collect all your companions. You go through the cities, you gotta talk to them and lock them. There's lots of little hidden collectible things, there's hidden characters. You get all your characters, and it's sweet because there's classes. And the different characters will have the same classes, but they'll be different. So you have to kind of you have to kind of switch in in and out who you like to make the party you need. And then you can upgrade your character classes later in the game and they get different abilities. And it is freaking amazing. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games ever made. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The hidden characters are pretty awesome, like the ninja character who like you would totally not know exists unless you look at a guide uh in 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 the first yeah. place um but yeah and then there's just so many variables in in picking your character and remember people are like yeah but is it as good as fire emblem because i think that's its natural sort of competitor well we didn't ha- get a fire emblem game 
America didn't get a Fire Emblem game, so we had Shining Force right on on the on the Genesis. Um, and I'm with you. It is it is cool because it's not like you get to put people into into classes like you do in other games. Um, you know, like Fire Emblem Three Houses, you can take anybody down any route you want. Basically, you can sort of turn them into anything. Um, and then Final Fantasy Tactics, same thing. You could basically turn anybody into any class if you want. Whereas this, you had to pick between them, and then like you know, one mage would have certain abilities that another one didn't. Like let's say it's like fire. Yeah, one had fire, one had ice, lightning, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's just a lot of different characters, and it's it's sort of it's sort of in a way cartoony. Uh, just that's the graphic style. Um, but I think the sprites and everything look really cool. I like that it, it was, you know, you, when they talk, it sort of shows, shows the sort of cartoon avatar in a box. I know other games did that as well, but that's one of the first games that I remember doing that. Um, and it, the difficulty is just at that fine line of not being like too brutal, uh, but being just hard enough to where you really want to keep pushing through. And it's rewarding when you win. It definitely is. Yeah. Okay, Nick. All right, let's go to your number three. My number three is the Total War series, specifically Rome Total War, but I kind of have to throw the whole series in there. Sega owns them. Sega makes them. They are phenomenal games. I can't even... I probably have hundreds, or I know I have hundreds. I probably have thousands of hours in these games. We're gonna, they, so we're going to talk about Rome specifically. I could they, go into Shogun and Warhammer too, but yeah. Now Rome Total War is the one they just re, didn't they just remaster that like a few days ago? They did. Yeah, it, it released on the eighth, I think the seventh or the eighth. It like it released sometime like last week, and I already have forty hours on it. It's <laughs> it's it's great though. So Rome Total War. It sets you, well, there, there's a couple. There's Rome Total War, then there's Barbarian Invasion, and there's Alexander. They're all three are packaged in the same game. But Rome Total War takes you through the start of the Roman Empire, like the first Punic Wars, and you have a bunch of different factions you can play. You can play as the Gauls, you can play as the Germans, the Carthaginians, the Romans, and you have this. You have your campaign map, which is all turn-based. And you have to manage your settlements, recruit your armies, and manage your economy. And then once you march an army to an enemy army, it goes into a real-time battle where you can control thousands. As, as, as The only limit is how much your PC can handle. I mean, you could have up to like 100,000 <laughs> people in a battle. Your processor is going to die on you, but you can do it. Right. So, well, and, and you're yeah, you're controlling literally thousands of people on the screen at the same time. There's different infantry types, cavalry types. It's really tactical, and it's it's phenomenal game series. All of them are great. So if you were to recommend one to somebody, which one would you say is the best place to start? Probably either Rome or Shogun 2. Shogun 2... Personally, I like Rome a little bit better, but Shogun 2 is probably the best in the series. It's the most user-friendly, it has the nicest features, and it's set in feudal Japan with all the warring states, and it's phenomenal. So what all, because I have a bunch of them, so what all, what all are they? Like, what are all the different eras you can play? Um, you have Rome, you have Medieval, you have Shogun. And then those are the three big ones. They also have Warhammer, which takes place in the fantasy Warhammer universe. They have Warhammer 2 as well. And they have a few others like that are kind of in between, like like uh, Attila. Attila takes place during the Roman Empire span. Right. It's just Attila at a different Han. time. Yeah. yeah, it's just at a different time. And then there's uh, Britannia, same thing. It takes place during Rome's time. But... And yeah, there's each no, game has several and, sub games to it. And almost. it's just in and that series is just battling. It's not like say Age of Empires or Civilization or and you know, like Tropico or any of those other games where you're sort of town building as well, or is it you just are a little bit, but it's a watered down version of it. it. It's more focused on the battles, like so let's say you have four cities on your campaign map, like you might want one of them to focus more on cavalry you know one of them to focus more on grain like you can control the like to feed your people you you can control what buildings you place down 
and you have to have money for it, but it's not as involved as like Tropico or Civilization. So it's it's um so is it is it like troop building? Is it kind of like is it like you know Command and Conquer? You or like StarCraft? You're like build. You have a base. You're building people. How does how does how does the troop management work? So the troop management, it's um, it's not it's not as in depth as all that. It's basically each one of your settlements, you can build a structure and recruit a unit per turn. Like the bigger structures might take two or three turns, but most basic structures take one turn. Most recruit most units take one turn to recruit, and one unit is typically like two hundred soldiers. So you have to have different buildings to recruit different soldiers. So like if you're the Romans and you have a barracks, you can recruit your legionnaires, but you can't recruit archers unless you have a practice range, and you can't recruit cavalry unless you have stables. So you have to build some of those things. You have to build some of those, and they cost money. So you kind of have to balance what settlements do what. So is it... Some of them you want to focus on trading, some of them you want to focus on military. So is it kind of like... So, okay. So in a way, it sounds to me like it's almost a little bit like Star Wars Empire at War, but without the troop cap. Yeah, that's actually a great that's actually a great comparison to it because it's just like the Galactic Conquest, except it's turn based instead of real time, and then the battles are still real time. But oh, kind of gotcha. like how, kind of like yeah, how you're building up your planets, but. It's, you know, it's less in depth than like Tropico, but it's more in depth than, you know, like Kesson, where you just have troops on the ground, you know? Right. So you have, you have, to, you have some management, but it's but not you, an But you still prefer Kesson to Rome, Total War? Oh, my God. I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, Kesson, that, that, that's like my top five favorite games ever made. I mean, that yeah. game is phenomenal. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, and that's another reason I would recommend Shogun to a beginner is because shogun you you're only having a few buildings in a in a city. Rome 2 they took it a little too far with simpl- simplifying it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shogun 2 is less in depth with the town management and the building than Rome. But still more so than Rome 2, so it's definitely worth worth checking out also rome one is better than rome two which i don't know how that happened but it did. and rome one <laughs> is the rome one is the one that just got remastered yes okay yeah rome two is a train wreck oh, and okay. it came out after shogun and shogun was phenomenal okay all right but, uh, all right so get your amd thread rippers out and see how many people you can get on the screen at once um okay let's go to my number three here so at my number three i have a Streets of Rage game. I have Streets of Rage 2. Is that is that in your list, Nick? It is not. I thought you would have went with 3. But... Really? No, I definitely... No, 3 is... 3, and I'm going to say this, 3 is kind of not a great game. Uh, like, the mechanics are kind of there, but I just didn't... It lacked the atmosphere of 2. I feel like 2 was the I perfect balance of the original games. Um, I mean, the soundtrack is literally, like, one of the top 10 soundtracks to any video game ever. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, the atmosphere of 2, I just prefer a lot. Um, it was definitely a lot better than the original game. Um, you know, everybody has their own super move now, as opposed to just like the, the cop cars coming in and just blowing everything up. Um, you know, the, the four different characters, Axel, you know, um, skate, obviously we got, we got to, we got to play a skate. So that was definitely super cool. Uh, and blaze, um, and max. And so I, I just, and then three kind of got a little comical, like and it, and it, uh, the doctor, whatever. I always, I always blank on his name, but the guy with the electric arms, I was never super fan of his. Um, but but yeah, the second game, plus it was just really, it was really, I think one of the first, it probably either that or Hyperstone Heist was the first beat 'em up I ever played. Um. And so it was like, this is just so cool. Just walking through the streets, punching everybody. I mean, it is a game that I go to on the regular. When I load up, like, uh, you know, some sort of like emulator device um, with ROMs or like a, you know, a tablet or a phone or whatever. I mean, Streets of Rage 2 is literally almost my, almost my first go to on on the on the Sega Genesis. I mean it's an absolute classic game. Um and I think four is absolutely amazing as well. I would actually what I actually 
I mean, I hope they're going to release more DLC. What they should really do is just is just give you all the levels of Streets of Rage two in Streets of Rage four, uh, and sign me up. I'm there. I'm yeah. I'd be down. I'd be I'd be I'd be super down. I mean, they're 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 both that they're both that good and that phenomenal. And there's also the fan made Streets of Rage remake or whatever it is the fan game um that's also really really cool as well and it blends a lot of things together but yeah streets of rage 2 streets of rage 4 you, you're not gonna go wrong um streets of rage 2 has just always been sort of what i what i've considered to be the best beat-em-up ever and i i would even i would put it above turtles in time or hyperstone heist um i think <laughs> i i i would i would in fact put put streets of rage 2 above it um that's my own sort of personal list but i think almost everyone's gonna have it there in their top three beat em ups ever you know there's final fight fans um you know double dragon stuff like that too but i think you're almost always gonna see streets of rage 2 up there so um okay nick so I think I know what your number two is because I think it's probably the same as mine. I kind of struggled with this. I wanted it to be number one, but I just don't think I can put it at number one. Due to the sheer amount of hours that you played your number one game. Yeah. It's the sheer amount of hours. If it wasn't for so many hours in that game, it would. It right. would. This so would be we'll, my yeah. number one hands down. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have Shenmue too as well. And Shenmue is, oh my god, it, god. it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's almost hard to find words to describe how good it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the perfect game. It's hard to also it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's actually easy to describe Shenmue by today's standards and saying that it's just sort of an action adventure kind of fighting game, I guess, right? Well, like, it's, 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 yeah, but it's also like, it, it's almost like. You know, because you got the detective element, you know, you got to talk to people, you got to right. write it down in your journal, you have to investigate, you figure out what's going on. Right. And then yeah, on so top the, of yeah, that, so we'll, you got we'll, a fighting game mixed into it. Right. Yeah. So it's by today's standards, I think it's sort of easy to describe. It's sort of an, I guess, sort quasi open world. You have a, an area that you can kind of go into. Yeah. Sort of uh, detective game. You're like, you're, you're, you're real. Re- Ryo Hazuki, your father was murdered by this mysterious man, and he kind of owned this karate dojo, so you're a karate student, and you're basically hell-bent on figuring out what went wrong, like, what happened, and so you start asking people in your town, uh, and it sort of leads you on this adventure that spawned into a second game, and then, like, 20 years later, a third game. Um, It's actually getting an anime at some point to kind of tell the story, which is actually going to be the the best way to actually get through the story of that game. Um... But, yeah, so by today's standards, I think it's actually pretty easy. But by 1999 standards, it was mind-boggling to play this game because there were so many things in it that had never existed sort of before. Or if they did, they just weren't so mainstream and put all together. Um, It was the most expensive video game ever made at one point. And I talked about this a few episodes ago, but... I record so infrequently uh, that it's like, I think it was around Christmas time. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, it didn't, to me, it was the first game I remember having QTE, right? The quick time events. Oh, the quick time I events. Think quick time events. I think it so, sort of yeah. kind of introduced it where you get, to, you're going through the cinematic and then you have to press a button during it and some and stuff happens. Um, there's tons of branch branching paths in the story that you'll kind of see. There's little side quests you can go on. Um, yeah, it's a fighting game. It's, do what? The forklift racing? Yeah, you have to get a job and you have to do these like, forklift <laughs> racing. There's little like capsules you can get. It takes place in like I mean, 1989. It was the first game that I remember having. They called it dynamic weather, where it's like, hey, one day it's raining. Okay, that's that was cool. You know, this is 1989. Yeah. This, but the standard's like, this is awesome. It's not just raining in an area. It's just raining here today because it's raining and it was supposed to be sort of realistic. Um, I actually just replayed this not too long ago on steam um the the shenmue remastered version and i'm like wow this looks great playing it like even though it's the same graphics but upscaled to 4k um on my monitor and everything and i was like man this game is great and so um eventually i'll i'm gonna when i i'm gonna play the second one and then the third one which i've never i've never played the third one 
but yeah, yeah it, it, I, I, I think it does suffer a little bit from you're not going to get it if you if you didn't play it the first time kind of a thing. If you weren't yeah, there to sort that. of experience. But I think it is. I think the first game especially is still good enough to hold its own on it. Now, I would say that actually it, it kind of did get a spiritual successor. And that franchise is huge now um, in the Yakuza series. The Yakuza series especially the earlier games, you can definitely see the similarities to Shenmue. Um, and I think it's just taken it itself and ran with it. But I mean, so if you're somebody who you're like your diehard Yakuza fan, I would encourage you to play Shenmue and be like, oh, I can totally see how this this game like inspired this series. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So good, so good, so oh, so good. Well, then, like the move system too. Like you could, you know, find scrolls and learn different moves. And then there's that old man that teaches you under the cherry tree. And I know, like, so it's, it's yeah, it's a sort of great. epic karate adventure. So yeah, if you're a fan of like Karate Kid, any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, ch- check it out. There's just so much of you to go to convenience stores and buy stuff and talk to people. And it was again, it's one of those things where it's like we look at it now, it's like whatever, I can do that in any game. Um, but Back then, it was just so like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm getting to do all of this stuff. Um, it really was like the first game where it's like you can do anything. And it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm, I'm used to I'm used to like going left to right or like, you know, we thought Final Fantasy was like, wow, you can go in Final Fantasy 7 and go in and talk to these people in the shop. You can do all this stuff. But this took everything to a whole different level. So, OK, um, Nick. So I know we both are going to finish our number ones here with a Sonic game. Um, so and I think we've I think it should be pretty obvious what uh, what games they are. So um, I, I'll go for, go ahead. Go with yours. I, I think I think we've both kind of said what ours are. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. This was on the Dreamcast and on the GameCube. All of my hours are on the GameCube version. It's it's I I sunk over a thousand hours into this game. The timer ran out. Almost specific now. Almost specifically in the Chow Garden, but the game itself holds up. Aside from the Chow Garden, you play as the light side. You play as the dark side. There's all these different levels with these different characters. All the levels play differently. And it's got a ton of hidden, like, little Easter eggs. You can unlock different equipment, which unlocks secret areas of the stage, which allows you to get, like, the, oh, what was that called? The Mystic um, mm-hmm. mystic Melody, which would open up secret areas. And then after you beat the campaign on both sides, it would unlock the secret ending, where you played as the, all the characters. And you had to go through and you had to fight this giant dragon in space as Supersonic and Hyper Shadow. It was such an epic game. And the Chow Guard. And the Chow Guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the Chow Guard. I, I mean, City Escape, right? You're literally skateboarding down basically San Francisco. Um, there was like car racing stages. And then in the yeah. and then the GameCube version, you get battle where you can play as Metal Sonic. So that was definitely a ton of fun. Um well, there, yeah, there was like a full on like sonic version of mario kart built into the game like full on with yeah like not even yeah like you could race all the characters got different cards with different speeds there's a bunch of different tracks there was the battle stages where you fought in the big robots like tails and dr robotnik's there were the race stages with like metal sonic and sonic and knuckles mm. and shadow Right, and then you could do yeah, and then you could do um yeah, Knuckles versus oh god, I'm Rose. Was it Rogue. Rogue. Rogue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knuckles yeah. versus Rogue, and I and I again, I liked all of that. I just for me, because I said earlier, I like I preferred Sonic Adventure one. If this had just let me play, pick the characters and play through their arcs, um, I would say that I would hands down put it above Sonic Adventure one. But it's just like it's like God, I just want to play as Sonic, right? But then it's like you have to go from Sonic, yeah. You have to go from a Sonic stage where you're speeding down everything to a tail stage where you're in this sort of like robot suit blowing stuff up to a knuckle stage, which again, like it was fun in Sonic Adventure 1 when I could just do the the sort of hunting things on its own. But it's like, my God, I just want to get through this stage so I can get back to being Sonic. 
Um, and then you you can unlock Green Hill Zone. That was kind of cool to see that in its in its own sort of uh, uh, thing there, sort of right right at the end. Um, as like as like a cool as like a cool sort of secret stage. Uh, yeah. Then the final the final mission is awesome. It's you know you're just racing through space towards the Earth to blow up this thing, um, and sort of a throwback to Sonic Three and Knuckles, the ending to it. Uh, but yeah, and then the Chow Garden. I mean, the Chow Garden is the total reason you're there. There's like kung fu fighting. Oh, there's race. There's there's so many stages on the racing, and yeah, there's like a bunch of different belt levels for the karate, and you got to feed him these little energy capsules which are totally steroids but whatever <laughs> and then you can there there's like a heaven and a hell you can get like angel chows and demon chows and you can get chows that look like the certain characters like i mean they went all out on the chow yeah garden. why they've never just made so a sonic much. why they've never just made a sonic chow garden game is oh. like beyond me like this is the amount of money that sega is just sitting on with not having made that game is like beyond me yeah, it's insane that like that mini game had so much built into it for a mini, like a little mini stage. Yeah, but they, it's crazy. It's, it's on Steam too, so you can go pick it up on Steam. So, okay, Nick. Well, um, mine. I guess technically you had one of these games on your list, but I've always Part viewed of it, it. Yeah, I've always viewed it as one game, and that is specifically Sonic Three and Knuckles, which I consider to be the best Sega game ever made, the best Sonic game, um, mostly because you connect them, and that is where the game got real. That's where both games got really, really good. Getting to go through all the stages, you could. It was the first Sonic game to have like a save feature. You could replay them. Them. Um, you had sort of this cool story that was told to you a little bit, right? Of like Sonic and, and Knuckles were meant to fight at some point. Um, and then when they're combined, you get to pick Sonic, Tails, Sonic, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Sonic, and Tails. Um, and then when you when you beat the game with the Super Emeralds, Emerald or the Chaos Emeralds, you can go back and get like the Super Chaos Emeralds, right? Which turns you into Hypersonic, and then you're suddenly that much more powerful. Or Knuckles, and Knuckles had sort of a different ending than Sonic. Um, and it, I, to me, it's like the pinnacle of the Sega Genesis, right? It's like this is like exactly oh, what it's great. meant to be. Exactly, you know, what we wanted, what we meant to be. Um, great epic soundtrack, and you know. Sonic visuals, I think, you know, you can see sort of the evolution between Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3, and then and Knuckles. Um, you know, in Sonic 3, you finish the game, you, you sort of blow up the Death Egg, it falls back to Earth, and then, like, you can kind of see it when you're playing through Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, and, yeah, it's just, it's, to me, it's the pinnacle of Sonic. It's it's what everything's, it's what every game has tried to be all the way up until Sonic Mania was able to say, all right, well, we're just going to take a lot of the levels from it and sort of redo them. Uh, I mean, Sky Sanctuary Zone, Flying Battery Zone, Angel Island Zone. It's Flying perfect. Battery. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was also great, too. What was, what was really cool about the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, too, was if you put Sonic 2 in it, you could play Sonic 2 as Knuckles. Same thing with Absolutely. Sonic 1. And if you put a non-Sonic game into it, you got that weird little mini game where you run around and collect all the blue orbs. Right, which is you what you have to do to get the, the Chaos, Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Um, and I think that... There is a there's a mod for the Steam version of the game, which will let you play the game in widescreen. So I need to get on that. But uh, yeah, so I do believe there is a mod for that. And then it's oddly it's sad, but this but those those games never get ported because of the whole Michael Jackson music thing where Michael Jackson at some point worked on some of the on some of the soundtrack for it. There's like there's tons of YouTube videos on it. You can go check out. But um, anytime you see Genesis collections put together, neither of those games just seem to show up anymore, which is sad and, and disappointing considering just how how good uh, it is. So. Uh, so take that as what it is. But all right, Nick. Hey, thanks for coming on. We we're talking about our top ten favorite Sega games. I ask you where people can find you on the internet, but I don't believe you have a Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, do you? I don't. No, I, I do not. I'm keeping it low profile. Hey, that's now. okay. 
Hey, that's hey that that is that is okay. Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining me. So, guys, um, as always, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros, um, which includes YouTube. I did sort of rebrand my YouTube channel from Box Trick. I know this is the Box Trick podcast to Super Gains Bros. Just that YouTube algorithm. We're all slaves to the YouTube algorithm. Just comes up a lot easier than the box trick does. But the podcast will always stay the same on that name. So um, be sure to um, keep listening here. If you give me a review on iTunes, that really helps out. And um, I, iTunes is getting ready to add some sort of like a Patreon-esque feature uh, where you can just get premium content right then and there. You don't have to go to Patreon um to do that uh so if that is something you guys would be more interested in get extra episodes which there are actually some on my patreon um pay, uh, box trek on patreon if you guys want to support me over there feel free to do so as well that's always certainly a help to the channel but with that guys as always i want to thank you for listening and we will see you next time <laughs>